welcome everybody to the Magic Beans podcast. We are back again for episode number 64. I am your host tonight, and my name is Shorty, and I have a couple of beans with me tonight. We have on the line Chewy. How's it going? I'm well, mate. How are you? Uh, yeah, pretty good. Can't complain. And we also have a blast from the past in Chris. How's it going, Polly Waffle? Pretty good. Hello, strangers. Welcome back. I <laughs> know. Oh, you do still exist. <laughs> Just. It's been yeah. a sabbatical. We, we missed you. <laughs> you. Pop up every oh. now and then and drop drop some knowledge bombs and then off you go again. That's how it works. I'll, I'll claim that. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. So, yeah, we thought tonight we would do something a little bit different and actually spend most of our time doing a, uh, a focus on modern, uh, which is something we haven't spoken about for quite a while. And if you sort of flash back to what, a year and a half ago, or even sort of when we first started the podcast, Modern was uh, something that we were really keen on and we were playing a fair bit of and spent a fair bit of time talking about it. And then all of a sudden, coronavirus, we're all locked in our houses and we're all playing Arena, which is standard. So we've dropped off on the Modern, but we have a, a specific reason to be talking about Modern this week, which we'll get into. But before we get into that, Chewy, do you want to tell us about our awesome sponsors? I would love to. Uh, the Magic Beans podcast is brought to you by Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. They are a Facebook auction group. Uh, they have multiple lots of physical magic cards posted every single night, uh, premium auctions on the weekend. So you can search for Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar on Facebook, sign up and win some bargains, get some get some great cards, maybe for your modern deck, and tell them that the beans sent you. Mm, and get in on their giveaways. Pat's always giving away stuff on there, it seems, seems to be the case. Most recent giveaway, I don't know if you guys entered, but it was for some Calcine product and you had to post up a picture of your pet. Did uh, either of you guys do that one? Uh, I may have put up a, uh, a picture of my child. That's a, that's a joke. <laughs> but yeah, I did that. Uh, but there's, it's all value to uh, to be part of that, uh, that auction page and that community because, uh, yeah, Pat's super generous and has always got some sort of giveaway or bargain or something on the go. So uh, you'd... Just do yourself a favour and sign up because, yeah, you won't be disappointed. Yep. Well, he's, he's got to be super generous to sponsor some beans like us, so <laughs> got to give him a good shout out. Yeah, so please tell him that the beans sent you. <laughs> please. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, before we get into modern, just a couple of things we want to touch on. Uh, one being the first event in our Magic Beans tournament series. Chris, do, do you even know that we run a Magic Beans tournament series? It's been that long. It's a thing I've heard about. Tell me. Tell me. <laughs> so, yeah, we kicked off the uh, kicked off the tournament series with a one-day historic event, and this was the first chance for people to get some all-important invitational points. And, you know, you, you were there for the invitational. You were in the background running, running things and pushing buttons and all that sort of stuff. It was an awesome event, and this year is going to be just as good, if not better. So... If I was a, a listener out there, I would definitely be wanting to get into that Invitational and uh, you know have my chance to be crowned as the Invitational Champion for 2021, and that started this weekend. So, Chewy, you played in the event, as did I, uh, but you streamed. How'd yeah. you go? Was it uh, good fun? Yes. I mean, streaming's always fun, uh, especially uh, when you've got... Uh you know, a few people watching and, you know, chat's always nice and interactive and uh, there was some good banter, which was really good. Uh, yeah, I I ended up with a positive record, which I was uh, I was happy with. 
and had some really good games. Had some like non games, thanks Muxus, but uh, <laughs> had some um, had some really interesting games. And I really like the historic format. You know, I uh, did a you know bit of a deep dive on it to prepare for the uh, for the event. Uh, when I say deep dive, like just the week before, not not too intensive. <laughs> But uh, played a little bit of a, bean, on, a like, beans deep dive. A beans yeah. deep dive, yeah, yeah. which is a, it's a it's a shallow dive. Yeah, I, I, I didn't go bowler steep. That's right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh no. So, but what I loved is you know we had a really diverse meta, and you know everyone had a really good time on the day. I think everyone uh, played it competitively, but in in a really good spirit. And you know we had people hanging out on on stream with us. And uh, shout out to to ties. Uh, Reese P from our Discord, who stepped in for some um, guest commentary, which was pretty yeah. awesome. So Look, looking pretty fancy too, with his tie on. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yep. But he had his beans playmat strategically positioned in the background, so <laughs> he's doing the right thing. Uh, but yeah, it was it was good. It was good. Um, round five was a particular highlight of mine, Shorty. Uh, yeah, 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 that was that was great. And uh, on to the next topic. So uh, yeah, what so, are we talking about next? Please, please elaborate. I want to hear more about this. <laughs> oh, there, there was there was a beans off at the at, at the last round, and uh, Shorty, uh, you know, we don't want to typecast Shorty, but he was on mono red, and I was playing the the artifact deck, the you know mono brown ramp deck with Forsaken Monument, uh, which you know the red deck's not. Exactly a favourable matchup for me, but uh, yeah, I managed to get there in three games. Like game one, I just I didn't do anything. I just died. <laughs> game one was about two minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, but then uh, yeah, managed to to get there. I uh, had a bit of luck. Uh, Shorty got flooded at one point, and then you know I you know my deck did its thing well. So yeah, it was but it was really good. It was it was fun, uh, and we had. Yeah, as you mentioned, Shorty, some invitational points on the line. So mm, we had so who, uh, who took it down? Uh, Aragoth uh, mm. on r- the uh, the Rakdos sack uh, deck. So it's uh, you know a, a popular deck in uh, in historic. And then uh, the other person representing the archetype I was on in the uh, the Brown Town was uh, Lab Monkey. <laughs> In second, Brown Town, <laughs> and uh, Yanray also on Rakdos Sack. So uh, the two Rakdos Sack decks that we had in the meta uh, finished in the top three. So uh, I guess that's a pretty good indication that the deck's pretty good. Uh, also, a couple of decent players um, slinging those spells as well. So yeah, yeah. there was um, a few new faces that we'd seen in the league. So hopefully, we see those guys. Sorry, not the league, the event. Hopefully we see those guys in our leagues and, and other events. Uh, it was great to have you. And mm. uh, we had some, uh, I think it was 150 bucks worth of cash and prizes uh, put up by uh, Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar largely as well. So they sponsor our, spo- our podcast as well as our events and our leagues. So it's yep. awesome. So, yeah. We didn't really see much Kaldheim stuff. Uh, in in historic, we we sort of spoke about it on the last cast that we didn't think there would be anything. We, we weren't likely to see new decks spawning in historic just yet. Too much uh, trickery. Like I, no. I was I was playing. No, nah, there was yeah, there was no no trickery decks. I was playing the um, Bergy version of Mono Red, which actually was really powerful. But uh, other than that, yeah, it was just a couple of couple of sort of cards sprinkled in here and there. Uh, we did have one Infect deck, which I guess is. Come from Kaldheim with the uh, the Ooh, Fiend of Fangbearer. Yeah, 
Was that was that the only infect card in the whole deck? Yeah, it's the fin fin the fangbearer that uh, gives your death touch creatures poison, or that or when your death touch creatures deal damage to a player, they get they two get poison, two poison, poison counters. Yeah, it's an in- interesting deck. I played that on the early access. We we spoke about that last week, but. Yeah, uh, a couple of cards here and there from Kaldheim, but no major shifts and, yeah, no Tibalt trickeries getting around anywhere, which we'll probably talk about a little bit later on in the cast. So, yeah, that's our first event in the tournament series, and we do now have three players with points on the Invy Laddie. Invy Laddie? What is that? What is that? I don't know what that means. Oh, they're going to make it to the Invy Laddie. (laughs) 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 The Invitational Ladder. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. And, uh, yeah... The, the next thing that's kicking off pretty soon, actually in uh, in a week and a half, basically, is the Kaldheim League. So if you don't know what these are, if you weren't involved in any of them last year, we uh, we run leagues. And this year we have aligned them with the set releases. So this is our Kaldheim League. And it kicks off on the 19th of February. We'll be doing a live draw on stream again. So this will be the Friday night. And we'll be assigning everybody into their groups. So... There's 500 bucks in cash and prizes up for grabs, which is pretty good. Again, free to enter. There's uh, there's no restrictions on your entry. You can be anywhere in the world. We are happy to have you. And there's 500 bucks Australian in cash and prizes up for grabs. Uh, yeah, the the group stage. So you start off, we split you all into groups, and then you play round robin over four weeks. So you can play sort of whenever suits you to to play your matches. So that that's, works quite well with people all around the world. And then we'll be cutting to the finals, which will be a double elimination finals, which we end with a stream on a uh, on the weekend. So yeah, it's always a lot of fun. Uh, it's a great way to get involved with the other people in our Discord and make some new friends. There's heaps of invitational points up for grabs. There'll be prizes sort of given out during the week when matches are getting played, things like that as well. And yeah, it's just it's great fun. And of course, one thing we announced this year is the winner of each league gets a direct invite straight to the Invitational. So that's a big. Prize. We've already talked about it. Yeah, we've already talked about that. Uh, that's where you want to be. So if you can get that win under your belt with the first league, then you're straight there to the Invitational. So come and join us for that. The link is in the show notes, as it always is. Uh, you just sign up through Challenge, and yeah, tell your friends about it. We want to see these things grow as big as they possibly can. So. So just to, just, we'll to bu- just to bookend that free to enter free to play in five hundred bucks Australian cash and prizes no no catches there's no asterisks there so you know get on it and uh, you know just value just come and play some magic which you're probably doing anyway <laughs> uh, so you might as well win some prizes for doing so that's awesome I might jump in on that action. Oh, that'd, that'd be a good idea. Yeah, I might show up. <laughs> yeah. no, I'm, play play all your matches yeah. in the last two days. <laughs> I'm, I'm registered. I'm in. Yeah. I'm to get some matches played. Excellent. Very good. All right, Chris, while you're talking, the, uh, the main focus for this episode and what we'll basically spend the whole rest of the episode on is talking about modern. So what is the reason why we're suddenly talking about modern, Chris? So the year is 2021 and... <laughs> I would love to say that that COVID is behind us. However, um, we are at least in a spot where we can go back to playing some paper magic. So a local game store here in Melbourne that we play with quite a lot, uh, Games Portal in Ringwood, shout out to Andy and the crew there, uh, are running a mega modern tournament this Saturday. Uh, and what is mega modern? I assume it's, it's like a modern bigger than regular mega. modern event. Yeah. It's like mega morph. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I, I think there are some mega prizes on the line. I haven't nice. even checked actually, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's I think a bigger than normal. Uh, they I think they run a midweek modern tournament as well. So this is the yeah, okay. the big one with a bigger prize pool. Cool. Um, so yeah, I'm I am keen to get back into playing some paper magic and modern is my format of choice so i have not played modern since 2020 (laughs) um and so i thought i'd jump back in here at the local local game store and um and get back into it but uh as i haven't been involved in really playing paper magic for the last 12 months i've fallen out of touch of what the meta's doing and what who's playing what so that's led me to looking into what is being played in modern so i don't know whether either of you guys have been hunting around or looking and seeing what's been kicking around yeah i've i've been like i'd sort of like to keep a bit of an eye keep a bit of an eye on all the formats just to have a vague idea of what's going on and but i like you i haven't played modern in ages uh but i do know it has changed drastically since the last i think the last actual paper modern tournament we played was that event what was it like a ptq that when blaster boy came and he played goblins that was probably the last time I actually played modern. Yeah, that sounds right. And the meta has completely changed since then, and I know it's had quite a shake-up in the last couple of weeks as well. So some very interesting decks going on. Chewy, you're uh, you're always a fan of the old Eldrazi Tron. Is that just that's all you know about modern these days? Uh, no, I've, I've tried to keep my ear to the ground through other sort of avenues, content and Facebook groups and the odd stream and things like that. Um, so whilst... I played modern more recently than you. It's still been uh, 11 months probably. So uh, I had a, a couple of um, a couple of PTQs that I played in and had a some couple su- of top eights. Yeah, had some success in uh, at the you know pre-lockdown. <laughs> Just gotta uh, work that in there somewhere. I wasn't going to, but uh, I'm not I'm not upset that you brought it up. So yeah, back to back top eights uh, in back to back weekends. So um, you know you take that when they come up because hashtag did, humble brags uh got crushed by tom d from our, our discord who was one of our invitational competitors uh in the mirror so you know you, you can feel great finishing the top of the swiss but uh can uh, come crashing down very quickly uh but yeah there are new decks but modern is so diverse that you know a format getting a shake-up means that new decks that might represent eight to 12% of the meta are introduced. That That is a, a shake-up with modern. I, I don't expect, you know, if someone says, oh, this deck's the best deck, you're not going to go to a modern event, particularly a local store, and see, like, 60% of that deck like we did, you know, Omnath at the Mythic Invitational or anything crazy like that. You, your chances are you won't even play against, you know, the, the best deck, in air quotes, so yeah, modern seems to cap out at like sort of twenty percent. When when a deck is twenty percent of the field in modern, it's kind of like oh, that's that's a fair bit. Other than the, probably the exception to that would have been El, the Eldrazi Winter. Yeah, and then they ban it, right? So yeah, or uh, so I think that's fine. <clears throat> or Hogak, yeah. yeah. So they they're pretty good at at keeping the format diverse and healthy, and I, I think that's good. Um, sometimes they ban decks that shouldn't be banned, but we won't go into that. <laughs> um, but <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's a it's an open thing, and the thing about modern is if you know your deck and you're good at it, you know you you know your way around the deck, then you know you're gonna have some good games and and probably get some wins under your belt. Uh, you know we're gonna talk about some new decks that probably sound really scary, 
Uh, but I wouldn't let that put you off playing modern. I, I don't think it's, I don't think what we're coming up against is Hogak worthy or Eldrazi Winter worthy. We've got some new decks, but they're not detrimental to the format, I don't think. Well, time, anyway, time, no, I just, time we'll remains to be seen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and if they are, they'll ban stuff, and that's fine. So yeah. that's yeah. that's why we have the ban list. That's why they have it as an option. So, uh, but you know, for a local monthly event at your local store, like just play your deck because that's all other people are going to be doing. You know, card availability is a thing. Modern's not a cheap format to enter. So most people are just going to play the decks that they've got access to. Not everybody has Polywaffle as a friend. So <laughs> Who's complaining that he only has seven Uros and I know, right? Yeah, in the pre-show. <laughs> I can't play that deck because my Uros are in. Why can't you take the Uros out of the other deck, Polywaffle? Oh, do you no, know no, how no. much effort it is to re-sleeve cards and oh, forget it? No. <laughs> but you use the same sleeves for all your decks. Come on, give me an out, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't uh, own eight foil Uros, that's all I heard. Extended arts, yeah, extended yeah. arts. Yeah, Ex- yeah, yeah, yeah. Foil, yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Good, good. Yeah, that's all nice. right, that's so nice. do you want to take us through some of the decks? I guess maybe do we just start on the the new fancy decks that are a little bit crazy and uh, and then sort of work our way from there? Yeah, I think so. I think so. All right. Give us, uh, give us one of these, Chris. All right, so there is a, a new card uh, and there is a planeswalker called Tybalt. I don't know if either of you guys have seen this this guy <laughs> kicking around. Uh, yes, yes. We, we have a Valky God of Lies, the uh, the two mana uh, god from Keldheim with uh, the seven mana Tybalt on the backside, who has been storming into <laughs> into modern uh, in pretty extravagant form. Uh, so the the most recent uh, builds that involve this guy uh, have seen some cascade. Uh, shenanigans so usually when i think about cascade i immediately think of cracker playing living end and <laughs> funnily enough this deck is playing violent outburst but um not doing uh not not to hit a living end but to hit a valky instead so the whole goal of this do you want to explain what cascade is because cascade is a weird mechanic yeah sure so cascade cascade is a mechanic um attached to uh, a card it can be on a, a sorcery or an instant or there's enchantments there's all uh, there's creatures um creatures, love yep. raid elf um so cascade basically says uh when you play this spell remove cards from the top of your library from the game so you temporarily basically put them in exile uh until you remove a non-land card uh that has a converted mana cost less than the card that you cascaded from. Uh, so if you, uh, in the case of Violent Outburst, which is one red green, it's an instant, uh, you cascade from that. You basically flip cards from the top of your library into exile until you hit a, a non-land card that basically costs one or two or zero. Um, and then that card uh, is cast, I think. You may play it. Yeah, yeah you, can, which you, is, you may cast You may cast yeah, it. So you can then yeah, choose to cast. Yeah, you may cast it without paying its mana cost. Yeah. So... The trick there is you the only card in your deck that is less than converted mana cost three is Valky God of Lies. But with the double face cards, because when you uh, reveal that card, you can choose which side to cast it on. So Cascade sees Valky, but as you cast it without paying its mana cost, you can choose to pay to play the seven mana Tibalt Planeswalker uh, instead of the uh, two mana two one on the front side, which is not confusing so, at all. No, not <laughs> no, at all. No, not at all. <laughs> uh, this is how split cards used to work uh, yeah. as well. You could choose which side of, you know, 
fire ice you wanted to play uh where yeah now you can choose the uh the the side of the double face card to play so it's a uh a strange interaction that is a little bit unintuitive and but it's really powerful you can on you know with simian spirit guide potentially turn one if you got two spirit guides right but uh, on turn two you can have a seven men worth of planeswalker in play which is a pretty powerful effect right so it's um very interesting i heard i was listening to mtg goldfish this week and seth was saying that he turned zeroed a uh a tibolt he was on the draw and he's playing a, a one of the versions of this where it's playing four gemstone caverns. Yeah, I was going to say that's, that's what's been played now is gemstone yeah, cavern. When it's in your, when it's in your opening hand, if you're not going first, so if you're going second, you can start the game with it on the battlefield already. So you already have one land right from the start. So Violent Outburst is actually an instant. So it's an instant cascade spell. So his opponent goes first, he sets a stop in their upkeep. And in their upkeep, he exiles two Simeon Spirit Guides, which is a, a three-mana creature that you can exile and add a red to your mana pool, and then casts Violent Outburst and hits Valky, because that's the only target in his in his deck, and has a turn zero Tybalt, seven-mana Planeswalker, on the battlefield. Now, doing it in your opponent's turn is probably not the smartest move, because you can't actually do anything with your Planeswalker that you just, activate, that you just put on the battlefield, but... That's pretty cool. <laughs> go, I'm doing it for bragging You've literally at that done point. nothing. <laughs> you ha- you haven't even drawn a card yet, and I've got a seven mana planeswalker on the battlefield. <laughs> and this yes. this is <laughs> this is modern. This isn't legacy. This yes, isn't <laughs> this isn't legacy or vintage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's anyway. So what are, what are we seeing? Like, how are these decks being constructed? So the 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 deck that seems to be uh, I don't know. I suppose stabilizing as the the current build. Uh, is funnily enough playing Uru uh, in in its seventy five. Uh, surprise, surprise. So four four Uru uh, and also Omnath. So we already have a deck in modern that is really just an Uru Omnath pile um, that's playing uh, a stack of planeswalkers and some interaction with it as well, um, and is heavy on the lands interactions. Um, and they basically slotted half of that into this, put some cascade in the mix, and and. Uh, Wham, bam, we've got oh, a deck. you go. Exactly. So yep. it's, um, yeah, it's very, very, very strong. Um, and it looks to be doing some pretty busted things in modern. So Yeah. So it's got that just normal, good, strong mid-range plan with Uros and Omnaths and Teferi Time Ravelers. And then it's also got the backup plan of having the, you know, turn two or turn three Valky or turn one Valky into Tibalt sort of thing. You got a little bit of interaction here and there. You got some force negations and brazen borrowers, things like that. Cryptic commands, and uh, one thing to note is that the Teferi Time Raveler is very good at stopping opposing uh, cascade spells from happening because your the Teferi Time Raveler stops your it makes your opponents only be able to cast spells at sorcery speed, and when you cascade, you're then casting that second spell that you hit off the cascade at instant speed, and Teferi says no. And you cannot cast it. So, yeah, the, these yeah, these oh. games often divulge into uh, like force of negation counter wars as well. So obviously, Teferi just yeah. shuts that off too. Yeah, there's also um, the what are the like idle on a rhetoric and you know yep. the, the yep. spells the that say you can, can only cast, cast one spell per turn. Yeah, yep. So that's uh, yeah an option as well. But those things tend to cost three mana. So 
you know, these decks are capable of getting under that. Um, I like the the Jund version. Like, if I was going to play this strategy, I think I would play the the deck with the eight Blood Moons, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> so, uh, yep. so you've got uh, Magus of the Moon, Blood Moon. You've got Demonic Dread, Violent Outburst as your Cascade spells to find your Valky. Then you've got things like Bone Crusher Giant, Seasoned Pyromancer. Oh, Blood Red Elf also finds the uh, uh, finds your Valky as well. Well, it finds yeah, one of your does, Demonic Dread. Does Dreads, hit a which, lot of other things. Yeah. Yeah. You get the Cascade Cascades, which is nice with uh, Bloodbraid into Demonic Dread, for example. Or you, or you Cascade into a Simeon Spirit Guide and you had just have a 2-2. <laughs> that is the fail case, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, it also is a little bit of redundancy there. So uh, it's it's interesting. Uh, I You know, these these decks are, sure, they're, they're, they're powerful. But, you know, if you're, um, you know, sitting there on a, uh, you know, you can counter a you can counter the spell. You can have a pithing needle. You can just dread bore the planeswalker in your turn. Like it's not game ending on the spot. Like it's absolutely game warping. But every time somebody resolves a uh, a Tibalt, like yes, that'll win a lot of games. But it's not going to win every game. So you know it. And this is one of those things. I think if the format gets prepared for. Uh, I think it. You know, it'll have a spot in the metagame. If if wizards feel like it's a a deck that should be around and and should have a place in the metagame, they'll keep it. And it's going to be something that you know you just got to prepare for. Uh, how do you prepare for it? You know, sideboard cards, obviously. Uh, but you know, you'd have to have a look at what decks are going to be most suited to to beat something like this. Be that a control deck, be that you know re- the return of OG Jund with a whole bunch of thought seizers. I'm not sure what it, what the answer is, but it's a, uh, you know, modern's such a deep, diverse format. There's going to be answers for it. So I'm not too worried about this deck being, you know, completely dominant. I could be wrong. Yeah, I, I, I am. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about this. I think it's so redundant. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. The, the, other, the other missing piece that we probably haven't touched on in this is the Mystic Sanctuary. So, yes, yes. you get Thought Seized. You immediately fetch Mystic Sanctuary, put your Cascade card on top, cast the Cascade immediately the next turn, and then hit it again. So, like, it's it's very easy to get back on onto the board with, with cards like Mystic Sanctuary. Um, in, in a mana base that's playing, I don't know, 12 fetch lands or something, or 10 fetch lands. So, it's um, it, it's got some reach in addition to um yeah the force of negations and other ways to interact with things so you know if an enchantment or something hits the board like an eidolon of reddick you've got um brazen burrows you've got cryptic commands so there's it just has a lot of answers to almost anything that people can put on the board and if people are spending their early turns playing interaction pieces i don't think that necessarily hurts this deck when you're playing for um, uh for uros and omnaths and and everything else and you'll eventually just grind them out i think because the the card advantage attached to tibold is just backbreaking in a grind in a grind game as soon as it goes into the mid to late game if you resolve tibold and you're exiling you know two cards a turn yeah, effectively drawing exactly. two cards a turn yeah, that you have access to for the rest of the game, whether you have Tibalt or not. So, yeah, it, it is a lot of value to be ticking up from you know turn two or turn three. So, oh, absolutely, and, it's, yeah. it's value, but it it doesn't win the game on turn two or turn three. It it warps the game, and the game becomes about that card. I, I absolutely agree with and acknowledge that. But 
if I'm playing... Oh, the, the game's still going to take another 20 minutes at least. If I'm playing, like, I don't know, Blue Red Storm, I'm like, cool, you got a thing. I'm just going to kill you in two turns, right? So uh, I'm not going to be so worried about that. You know, it, you know, sure, maybe you'll get lucky and exile all of my, um, you know, grape shots or something uh, in 1% of games, but... You know, if, if I'm sitting there just trying to, you know, get a handful of rituals and, and whatnot, I'm looking at particularly this Omnath pile. Like I'm looking at a mid-range deck that is just cold to a fast combo deck. And uh, it's got four force negation, two cryptic commands. Four to fairy time reveler. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, four to fairy time reveler. <laughs> it, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, it but, can hit from a lot of angles. It's. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, th- I think that's yeah. the big thing. I, I know what you're saying, no, and I, I don't disagree. Like, you, it's not, it's yeah. not turn two, Emrakul, Annihilator, and like that. The game is literally over. Yeah, game's um, over. Uh, yeah, yeah, I understand no. that. And um, and if I'm playing like I don't know, Mardu Pyromancer, I'd be like, oh yeah, cool, that's your turn two. No worries, my turn two is going to be Dreadball, right? And I've fourth seized you on turn one, so I've taken your, I've taken your, you know, your force of negation or whatever. And now I'm, then I'm just going to play young pyromancer and start just killing you that way and that i'm not saying the game's over but i'm saying that you actually get a game out of that so you know there, there are decks in modern that can absolutely just get the job done um but you know i, I can you know we're talking about you know having valky on turn to 100 percent of time we know that's not going to happen they'll have it a high percentage of the time but they're not going to have it turned to every single time it's going to be a deck that mulligans a lot um it's going to be a deck that uh can potentially stumble on mana it's going to be a deck that you know it it can have a really painful mana base so it's really leaning on uro to buffer its life but it's going to lose games to mono red it's going to lose games to blood moon it's going to lose games to thought not seer uh it's probably going to win a lot of games. I'm not in any way saying the deck is bad. I, I'm, I'm absolutely <laughs> saying this is a really good magic deck and it's a really good modern deck, but I'm not concerned about its presence yet. So yeah. uh, uh, we, We're going to need to see results and see what happens, but I would not be at all surprised if in the next month they just make a change to the rules that you can't cast the Tibalt side of the Valky for the, the DFCs and then this whole thing goes away. Yeah, so. yeah and they did both with the split cards and we yeah. all just moved on. Yeah. And, and it just yeah. makes sense to do that. So I would not be surprised at all to see that. I don't think this deck has to be, you know, 40% of the meta came for them to even make that change. I think if this deck is just having reasonable success and people are not enjoying playing against it they're just going to make that change because that's probably how it should be anyway they've banned decks for play pattern reasons before right so <laughs> yeah that's it i mean it, yeah. you can you can yeah. even compare this to hogak that's another seven mana card that was getting into play on turn two or three and arguably yeah. creatures are easier to interact with than planeswalkers and that triggered Agreed. a whole lot of bans so it Yes, of course. There's answers. You can kill a Hogak as well pretty easily with uh, with a path or whatever. But yeah, it's. I think it's the same deal with Valky, and I, I can definitely see a rules change on the horizon with this one. Yep. So yeah, there's a couple of different versions that are doing that cascade into Valky or into into Tibalt. There's also we we talked about it on the cast previously. The crazy Tibalt's trickery combo decks, as as was mentioned just before, with getting Emmerich Cool into play on on turn two, that sort of thing. That deck is around. Uh, it is way more glass cannon, as we mentioned on the the previous cast. But they, I have seen builds of that where their land base, like they're playing the fifty one or fifty two lands or whatever, but they're playing 
the Mystic Sanctuaries. They're playing Field of the Deads. Um, so they've, they've got a lot of stuff in their mana base so that even if they don't manage to combo off quickly or there's some sort of disruption, they do still have a, a way to win the game. So that deck is definitely something to be aware of, but I wouldn't expect that to be as popular, whereas these cascading into Valky decks, I would definitely expect them to be more popular. Although, as was mentioned just before, card availability is a big issue, especially for this event this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Um, quick... Kel- Keltheim just hasn't been out for very long, and these cards are expensive. Like, uh, the, the Valkys are quite expensive. Yep. Uh, so, quick question regarding timing. So, thinking of the Tibalt's Trickery... You know, I want to play a zero mana spell and then counter it with my Tibalt's Trickery, and then go and get my Valky or my Emrakul or whatever, right? Um, if I've got Chalice of the Void on zero and they put the zero mana card on the stack, do they have opportunity to counter their uh, own spell? Because it get, I think just so, gets because your Chalice is a trigger. Mm. Isn't, isn't your Chalice trigger? But the modern yeah. versions, they're not casting zero mana spells, they're cascading into yeah. Tibalt's yeah. Trickery. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's it's just Cascade Spells, one Tibalt's Trickery, bunch of lands, and an Emrakul, or, or two. Two Emrakuls, yeah. And that's it, so. Yeah. Okay, sorry, it's just, you know, when you were talking about the deck, I was thinking of it in context of a deck <laughs> I own. Eldrazi Tron. And, yeah, so, yeah, it was a, uh, you know, my mind went on tangents. I like tangents. Yep, I yep. don't know if you knew that about me. No, so, no, no, never noticed that before. <laughs> so, Chris, while we're talking about crazy spells with weird combos or crazy decks with weird combos, there's a deck that's been getting around for a little while now, uh, before this set came out, since the, the last one, called Oops, All Spells. What is that? Uh, Shorty, the the answer is in the name. Read, read the card. No, no. <laughs> oh, oh, read the card. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Next, next deck. Yeah, no, th- this is a this is a deck that uh, it's been around since Zendikar Rising. So there's a bunch of uh, modal double faced uh, sorceries and uh, yeah, other bits and pieces that are basically land cards on the back half, uh, and the front half are spells. So it it created this situation where you could actually build a deck with zero lands, but a deck that still actually had 20 plus lands. So these were cards mm. like Turn Timber Symbiosis, um, uh, Seagate Restoration, Emiria's Call, all those are uh, all those double faced uh, spell lands from Zendikar Rising. Uh, and yeah, that was um, that. How does this deck win? <laughs> well, we, we first saw this deck. They were it was it was a Char Belcher deck. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which was the the first version that came out, and it was like, oh, actually, this is this is something. So, Goblin Charbel Truth, if you've never heard of it or seen it before, and your name's not Cheese, and you play it all the time, <laughs> it's a four mana artifact from what original Mirrodin? Yeah, I believe so. That yeah. era, and yeah. it's got uh, three tap it reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a land card. Uh, Goblin Charbelcher deals damage equal to the number of non-land cards revealed this way to target creature or player. If the revealed land was a mountain, then it deals double that damage, and then you put the cards on the bottom of your library. So when you have a deck that has no actual, like, lands on the face, it reveals your entire deck, and you deal however many cards are left in your deck to your opponent. So that was the original version. The new version, Chris, do you know how this new version works? Uh, I I actually haven't seen it in action yet. Like, I, I'm seeing Thassa's Oracle on the sideboard, but... Um... I'm also seeing Venge Vines and a bunch of discard outlets, yep. so I'm guessing. <laughs> I'm guessing something. So what, what you're playing? You're playing Undercity Informer and Balustrade Spy. 
that basically do similar things. So Undercity Inform is a two and a black for a two three, and it's got one sack a creature. Target player reveals cards from the top of his or her library until they reveal a land card. Then they put those cards into their graveyard. And Balustrade Spies, when it enters the battlefield, you reveal cards from the top of your light, or target player reveals cards from the top of their library until they reveal a land card and then put those into their graveyard. So what you're doing is you're playing either one of those and then you're targeting yourself and putting your entire library into your graveyard, which triggers your Narcomoebas, which triggers your Vengevines, and... What's the other one? Phantasmagorian, I think. Yep. Yep. Which is a seven mana six six. It says when you play Phantasmagorian, any player may discard three cards. If a player does counter Phantasmagorian, uh, then it has an activated ability of discard three cards, return Phantasmagorian from your graveyard to your hand. So yeah. So anyway, you're you're getting your Narcomoeba into play from your because uh, you're putting it from your library into your graveyard. Um, which triggers all your Venge Vines, and they all come in with haste. And, yeah, you're just uh, attacking your opponent very quickly. So it's interesting. Uh, you've also got, like, Sword of the Meek, so you can combo stuff with that. Yeah, and just a couple of, like, your Simeon Spirit Guides and Pentad Prisms and things like that to sort of ramp ramp your mana so you can do it a bit quicker. And then, yeah, one, one Char Belcher as a backup as well. So very interesting deck where it's just like okay i'm going to cast this thing and then i'm going to pick up my entire library and just turn it over it's now my graveyard and here's all these things i'm pulling out of it they're all coming into play and now i'm attacking you has a has a bit of that uh hogak sort of feel to it so play leyline of the void right yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah this one feels a bit easier to interact with but um yeah, look, it, obviously Vengevine decks have done a lot of work in the past and whenever you see a Vengevine, you know it's doing something degenerate. So um, that's clearly what this deck's all about. Yeah, and it, like it because it's playing the Char Belcher as well as the Balustrade Spy under City Informer, you do have an option if your opponent is playing something like Leyline of the Void because you can just do the Char Belcher instead of putting all your stuff into your graveyard. You, you still win. Uh, but yeah, it's obviously it's a bit harder to get. So yeah, that's a very weird card, or very weird deck, and uh, yeah, as the name suggests, it it is all spells. It has no uh, no lands, technically. Uh, yeah, so keep keep an eye out for that one. What else are we seeing in modern? Uh, uh, lots of other decks, right? There's uh, <laughs> so there's uh, there's the is it Blitz deck, uh, which I think is uh, sort of up your alley, shorty. Yeah. Where- you know, you've got Monastery Mentors, Soulscar Mage, uh, Sprite Dragon, which is pretty cool. Um, yep. Stormwing Entity, which Cracker would be pretty happy to see being uh, in a competitive deck. And then like 20-something instants and sorceries, like Gutshots, Lightning Bolts, Mutagenic Growth, Serum Visions, Manamorphos, Light Up the Stage. And yeah, just basically a Prowess deck. Uh, yeah. Just getting that... Uh, yeah, we've seen like Mono Red Prowess in... In modern, uh, it got some new toys with um, the Stormwing Entity and and Sprite Dragons, and you know we know that the um, you know the mana base in modern is really good. You also get Fiery Islet. Uh, I can see definitely you sleeving up this. Should we you know go to a modern tournament in the near future? Surely this would be something yeah, that interests you. Yep, I would very, be very, any time you could putting four Manamorphos into a deck. I'm uh, I'm all about that. <laughs> And yeah, this one's this one's running light up the light up the stage as well, which uh, yeah, is definitely a favourite of mine. But yeah, all like I said, all the prowess prowess hasty creatures just yeah get in there, cast a bunch of spells, and, and get them dead real quick. Sounds like fun. 
Absolutely. There's also, speaking of shorty decks, there's a, a Rakdos Death Shadow deck that's um, <laughs> getting around as well with Lurus. Have you yep. had a look at that deck at all? I've actually played that deck. We Over Christmas when we were together, I had this deck built and uh, played a little bit of this deck. And yeah, pretty pretty good. Like the the big thing that this the Death Shadow decks picked up was the Scourge of the Skyclaves from from Zendikar Rising, which is the one and a black uh, XX creature. Star and Star. Got, yep. Yeah, well, Star Star. Uh, it's got Kicker for four and a black. When you cast this spell, if it was kicked, each player loses half of their life rounded up, which is interesting. You, you probably, I mean, what's that? Five seven mana you got to cast this this thing for, which is probably pretty unlikely in this deck. Yep. Well, we know that seven mana cards can't possibly make an impression on me. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, but it's, uh, it says uh, its power and toughness are each equal to twenty minus the highest loafed life total among players. So it makes for some really weird calculations where it's all it's always been a juggling act with Death Shadow decks, playing with them and playing against them about managing your managing your own life, life total but from your opponent's point of view knowing when do I actually attack you because if I attack you and you take more damage well your death shadow just gets bigger so it's always a, a real juggling act and the scourge of the skyclaves just kind of adds to that as well because you can do things like uh, team of battle rage on your scourge of the skyclaves and it deals the first strike damage uh, and then potentially your opponent now has less life and if your life total is also low the second lot of damage that it does is increased because its power and toughness has changed. So, yeah, really solid deck. Uh, it's, yeah, Rakdos, so it's running removal, fatal pushes, thought seizers, all that sort of stuff, dismembers, Colgan's Command. And, uh, yeah, Lurus, Lurus paired with Mishra's Bauble is uh, is a pretty good combo, as well as, obviously, all your, your one-drops that you're playing. So, good fun deck, and, yeah, I definitely would be keen to play that one as well. So... What else has taken your fancy, Chris? Uh, a deck I've actually put together, which I uh, really like the look of, is uh, Hammer Time. So that's it. Yep. So another um, another newish card uh, from uh, it was M twenty. Yeah, Corset twenty twenty was a an equipment called Colossus Hammer. Only cost one to cast. Uh, and it says equipped creature gets plus 10 plus 10 and loses flying. Uh, and it has... Which is very, very on theme. Like the hammer is so big, you could not possibly fly with this thing. It's true. It's the, yeah, it's definitely not a flavor fail. Um, yeah. and, and it has a hefty equip cost, which seems appropriate too, uh, of eight. <laughs> uh, I see what you did there. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, nice, the nice thing in modern is you've got options to... Um, easily equip uh, expensive equip costs uh, onto creatures and there's a couple of different ways that this deck goes about it so it's playing four Sagarda's aid uh, which is a cool card that was um, that was printed in Eldritch Moon I think and it's yeah it sounds very right uh, it's a, a one mana enchantment so just one white uh, and you may cast aura and equipment spells as though they had flash. And whenever an equipment enters the battlefield under your control, you may attach it to target creature you control. So not only can you flash in your Colossus Hammer, but you can dodge the eight mana equip cost and get it straight onto a body. So I love that you can just ambush things in combat yeah, oh as yeah. well. Like one <laughs> mana Colossus Hammer. Like yeah. I now have a, you know, an 11, 12... Stone uh, or eleven thirteen ornithopter or something, right? It's just it's pretty <laughs> yeah. gas. Yeah, that's but it. But it loses flying. 
Uh, and <laughs> oh, yes, it, it does lose flying, but uh, yeah, which which is relevant. There are four ink moth nexus, but um, you're going to be swinging in for eleven infect damage, but it will be on the ground. Yeah, but you can play them as they play flash, right? Correct. As you play them with flash, so if it's yeah, nice blockers, blockers, yeah, yeah, then you then you throw it on and uh, GGs. Yeah, uh, yeah, and so pure steel paladin also uh, does some things with your equip costs if you've got metal craft as well. So if you've got Memnites and Ornithopters and uh, your hammer. Ra- random other artifacts. Yeah, yeah, you can um, and you know, activate your Ink Moth Nexus or whatever it might be. And, uh, yeah, that reduces the uh, the cost down to zero as well. So it's pretty cool. So there's a Quarter Shield, there's Mishra's Bauble, Paradise Mantle. Yeah, there's a bit Shadow of an eggsy, eggsy kind of thing going on with, yeah, all of the... Actually, what was the SRAM deck that was going on? Cheerios. There's, <laughs> it's got all yep. those, those zero... Uh, mana cost uh equipment that allow you yeah, to get metal craft online really easily and just get equipment onto the battlefield um or, or to flash it down without even having mana up with cigar aid so yeah um, and stoneforge mystic gets around counter magic uh with your things as well like as you can use the activated ability to get things into play you search up the colossus hammer Yep. yep. Yeah. Finds your combo. Yep. Uh, and it's I got, love it. it's got yeah the the one of shadow spear is a great answer against mono red and aggro matchups. Cranial plating gets even more beats in. Uh, Swift foot boots. Uh, so it's got protects your all star. Yeah. So there, there's yeah absolutely tons of good targets. Um, the other really key card in here is the four steel shapers gift, which lets you get those cards. Um, so that's that's your your uh, your tutor in addition to your stoneforge mystic. So. Um, yeah, deck's really cool, and Lurus just means you never run out of gas. If you hit that really interactive matchup and your hand gets stripped or, you know, you get uh, your first couple of creatures knocked off the battlefield, um, you can always bring Lurus into hand and get him out and spin the wheels again. <laughs> so deck's, deck's actually really <laughs> yeah. cool. I um, Yeah, I like it. I've put this together, and I plan to uh, play some games with this one. Looks nice. pretty cool. There's a mill deck, Shorty. There's a what? There's a mill deck. Okay. Yeah. What, hey, are, what, uh, what, are, what are we milling at the moment? I mean, we got the uh, we got the new crab. Oh yeah, so there's the, eight crabs. Eight crabs. Yeah. Right. So it's a Lurus deck. So you 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 can recur your crabs. Just just keep bringing those uh, crabs back. No, nobody wants recurring crabs, really. But uh, so <laughs> obviously Lurus does. Yeah, Lurus loves. Yeah, that's it. Um, so there's four archive trap. There's crypt incursion, maddening cacophony, glimpsy unthinkable. Goodness me, uh, glimpsy unthinkable. It plays Visions of Beyond, which is Ancestral Recall in this deck. Yep. yep. Uh, which is pretty good. And some Surgicals to, uh, as, as Disruption as well. And then the, uh, oh, four Mesmeric Orb also, uh, for, for Mill. Uh, Field of Ruin. So you've got Disruption that also triggers your crabs. There is, uh, what have we got? Uh, two, six. Uh, there's a whole bunch of, um, you know, fetch lands as well. Fetch lands. Yep. So you're getting heap a heap of landfall triggers. So yeah, there's um there's a viable mill deck in modern apparently. So <laughs> I'm just looking for decks that Shorty might play, Chris. So oh, Amulet Titan. No, I'm not Shorty playing this weekend. Shorty can't count that high. Um, but uh, and I, I cannot play Amulet Titan. Uh, no. Chris, Chris is the Amulet Titan expert. Uh, I love Titan. Is it, actually, have you been have you been keeping an eye on Amulet Titan? Chris? Uh, I I, there, I have a little bit. Yeah, much change. I haven't updated mine, but yeah, Amulet Titan's definitely been. Um, skewed towards just heavy heavy land interaction and away from that um explosive slayer stronghold sun home fortress kind of angle so it's moving it's definitely moved more into a, a valicate and field of the dead setup over those um over those original kind of amulet builds so 
Uh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, a really, really strong, really powerful deck still. Um, and yeah, it's still still seen at the top tables in modern, and, and I love it. I've still got that together, um, albeit the older version. But amulet is uh, is always going to have a special place in my heart. It's awesome. That's oh. it. Have you played Chris uh, the Heliod Company deck? Yeah, that looks like something you might wield as well. That is actually the other deck that I've um, decided to throw together. So. you're you're doing my trick and having six decks that you might play and you're going to decide at the last minute correct and 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 i probably probably plan on doing that uh tomorrow night actually (laughs) uh if you lads can be bothered coming around and playing some magic Uh, (laughs) uh, yes awesome so uh yeah hilliard look it i i see this deck as an evolution of the um the devoted druid decks um is how i just categorize them in my mind so it's hmm. a it's a i think that's fair a creature based uh creature based combo deck um that goes off um well this one also uses walking ballista too so yeah um, so this this is the heliod combo with walking ballista do you want to go through how that works yeah so uh this deck became possible uh after theros beyond death with heliod sun crown so the uh the three mana god heliod uh is uh a 5-5 indestructible enchantment creature, as long as your devotion to white is less than 5 Heliod, isn't a creature. Not relevant at the moment. Uh, the main bit of text that makes this deck happen is whenever you gain life, put a plus 1, plus 1 counter on target creature or enchantment you control. And Heliod also has an activated ability of 1 and a white, and another target creature you control gains lifelink. Or actually, even not even you control, another target creature gains lifelink until end of turn. So the the whole combo here uh, with Heliod uh, in its simplest form is if you have a walking ballista uh, with uh, a couple of counters on it and you give it lifelink with Heliod's activated ability, uh, you can remove a counter from ballista, uh, ping your opponent and Heliod will trigger because walking ballista had lifelink, you gain life, it will get another counter and you just keep doing that infinitely. Um, the deck also has uh, some other ways or some other interactions. Um, there were versions kicking around playing Spike Feeder, uh, which has a similar setup where you can remove counters uh, and- and you just gain infinite life, right? E- exactly, you gain infinite life. So uh, yeah, depending on depending on the build, um, yeah, there's, yeah there's, there's builds that have that. So a way to gain infinite life, a way to do infinite damage. Um, and it's playing Skyclave Apparition. So really, really strong uh, white, interactive card uh and it's playing uh conclave mentors uh and orioc champions and just just a bunch of good kind of toolboxy uh selesnia creatures so mm. deck's cool you got ranger captain of eos to go and search up your ballista as well yeah that's right it's got giver of runes to protect the combo and yeah it's just a it's a pretty solid all-round deck the problem is I'm looking at all this through the context of uh, turn two Tibalt, which is making me really sad at the moment. But I, <laughs> no, I actually uh, no, really well, like this let's, deck. Let's circle back on that and that what I was talking about when we started talking about modern, right? So if you go to the the Goldfish modern metagame page, the deck with the highest uh, – and this, these are numbers taken from, I'm assuming, Magic Online um, leaks – 7.8% of the meta is Uro Omnath. The next is 4.6, which is Is It Blitz? And that there is yeah, only one of, deck. A bunch of threes and twos after that, that. Yeah, one deck that's been played that is over 5% of the metagame. Yeah. So. Now, this, you know, this, would, this doesn't include the updated lists with 
uh, Valky and all that sort of stuff. Like that's those lists aren't in that that calculation yet, um, just because there's only been like two leagues. So yeah, there's yeah, not, not enough of a meta share. I, I, I think my but my, still, yeah, your, your point, point is that it stands. is super diverse. <laughs> yeah. So if there's twenty people in a room, chances are one of them will be playing Uro Omnath. On average, yeah. right? Yeah. But, you know, if assuming the Magic Online thing carries over into whatever metagame you're playing in. But so, and we're talking about these decks that all sound great. We're talking about Rakdos Sack. We're talking about Hammer Time. We're talking about, you know, Helio Company, whatever it might be, Mill. There's no, like, it's not like Uro is 78% of the metagame. It's yeah, 7.8, yeah. right? It's not even 17.8. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, play your deck, play the deck you want to play. And look, if somebody rocks up with, um, you know, Uro Omnath, which, you know, if I go to the Goldfish page, tells me it's got 18 Mythics, 32 Rares, 15 Uncommons, and 7 Commons in it, right? If somebody's... So it's, worth, it's worth 1,300 US. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if somebody's done that, then, then good on them, right? Like, whatever. But... You know, you're still going to have plenty of good games with the the other opponents that are yeah. playing the well, other you, decks. You said it right at the start, Chewy. Modern has always been a format that rewards you for knowing your deck. And if you if you know how to play your deck properly, and you know the matchups, and you have a good sideboard plan, you know what you're expecting to see. You're going to win games. Doesn't matter what you face, because there is so much interaction and and things going on in modern. Knowing your deck inside out just yeah, just makes up for so much of it, even if it's not technically the best deck at the moment. So, yep. yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And yep. you're just going to play. And look, we haven't played at Ringwood for a while, but we used to get there to their weekly events, you know, two, maybe three weekends out of the month. And, you know, we would, there'd be 20 something people in the room on a weeknight all playing modern. And it wasn't unusual to have 20 different decks represented. So, you know, if I was playing in a modern Grand Prix, yes, I'd probably be concerned. But you know, my local monthly modern at you know at my LGS, then I'm not too not too stressed. Anyway, I think I made that point. Done. So you, I, well, you are playing on the weekend. Are you planning on playing? Planning on playing. I assume yeah. you're playing Eldrazi Tron. Is uh, most likely is that- that's the deck yep. that I've got. It's the deck that I like. Um, so, have you seen any updates with the, in the in the last year since oh, it's you got the good book. top aided those it's got couple good of book. PTQs? Yeah, um, so it's playing Maze Mind Tome. Okay, nice. Um, yeah, so it's a uh, you know it's pretty good with Tron, right? Where you can yep. get uh, a lot of uh, a lot of value and um, you know just cards. Uh, but yeah, as far as other significant you, updates, you playing Forsaken Monument. Uh, no, no, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm not. Uh, some people have that as a, uh, a target in their sideboard, but yep. uh, yeah, I, I'm going a little bit. Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe I'm going to play some more Leyline in the Voids, but I'm going a bit more um, classical. You know, I've got you know Liquid Metal Coating, um, some Graveyard Hate, uh, Worm Coil Engine. One thing I am excited to do, just because I think it's a cool interaction, is the interaction with. Um, with Khan and Sky Sovereign console flagship. Uh, so Sky Sovereign is a, it's a five mana vehicle artifact. Uh, so it's a six five flyer with crew, f- crew three, uh, legendary artifact vehicle. When Sky Sovereign console flag, flagship enters the battlefield or attacks, it deals three damage to target creature or planeswalker and opponent controls. So you can go and fetch that up with your Khan and, you know, dome something when it comes in and, uh, you know, all of your Eldrazi can crew it. Uh, but what's great is you can plus Khan 
to animate it and make this a 5-5 creature and then it can attack and you still get the trigger because it's still Sky Sovereign that's attacking. Uh, doesn't, yeah, it doesn't have to be a crude version of the Sky Sovereign no. to get the, the trigger. Yeah, yeah nice. so it's you a, can, it's a good interaction. Yeah, you tick up your Khan and you can yep. still attack with a 5-5 that bolts something. So I think that's pretty cute. Um, so it's a... Uh, you know, it's even a good way to get around, uh, you know, the mirror. So if an opponent has uh, their own Khan and I can't activate my artifacts, I can just go and get Sky Sovereign and, and do it that way. So it's pretty sweet. Yeah, nice. Cool. Um, so, yeah, but not not too many updates. Uh, you know, there is flex slots in the sideboard that, you know, I can add more or less graveyard um, interaction and things like that depending on what I think we'll see. But I know there was a – what's the two-mana – sort of graph diggers cage that we saw recently that you were thinking of putting in uh yeah the sphere thing um yep i don't own any (laughs) so i've got (laughs) uh i've got graph diggers cage uh relic regenitus and uh one of the tormod script but specifically my og the dark version of tormod script Uh, (laughs) you'll you'll enjoy my sideboard chris i've uh 14 Black bordered cards and and one um one white bordered um sandwich. Oh, we've got to fix yeah. that. We've got to fix that. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I, I, you've been paying me out for so long about my white bordered shivan reef, and there you go with your one white bordered card in your sideboard. No, all my Tron lands are white bordered. So yeah. <laughs> they're the Gosh. Tron lands I've had for fifteen years. So I, I love them. I've cast <laughs> I, I've, I've cast many a big spell off those specific lands. So yeah, uh, it, it is good. So anyway, no, fair that's, enough. That's it. Yep. So yeah, there's there is a, a lot of decks in modern. We're not going to go through everything. And yeah, for for this weekend, I don't know how much I would be expecting specifically for like this Ringwood tournament. You know, if you're one of our listeners that lives in Melbourne and you go into this event, probably wouldn't be. Uh, Expecting too much of the Cascade into into Tibalt decks, uh, just with that the cost restriction on uh, actually buying some Tibalts because they're going to be pretty hard to get at the moment. But there's going to be all the usual uh, decks that we see in modern that you've been seeing for ages. So it's going to be super diverse. You need to have, and it's something that people have been saying for ages in modern. You you really need a twenty card sideboard because there is so many different decks that you need to account for. But, yeah, if you've got something you've been playing for ages and it's still semi-reasonable, then uh, I would probably be inclined to go with that. So, Chewy, you're most likely playing Eldrazi Tron. Chris, what are you leaning towards? Do you have a, a favourite at the moment or are you just waiting to see until we play some games? Yeah, I, look, I, I, I feel like if I've got an opportunity to play Valky before it gets banned or the rules get changed, <laughs> I kind of feel like I should. So I, And yep. the, the deck is really, really powerful. So I, I think I would try and put that together. I do love um, anything Simic-centric. So the Uro Omnath pile is also right up my alley, but um, yeah. I would just be just as happy playing humans or, you know, any, any, any classic modern deck um, would trigger my nostalgia so <laughs> it's been oh, too it's long. time for merfolk chris it's time for oh, merfolk. merfolk wow I, that main yeah. deck hercules recall still got that sleeved up <laughs> look out yeah <laughs> that's uh that's not bad yeah 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 no i uh i agree with you chris i think it's pretty likely that we're going to see a change in the rules that will change uh being out of cascade into tibalt so 
kind of like we saw with Hogak and, and same with Eldrazi Winter, when you've got that option to play a deck that probably is a cut above the rest of the, de- the other decks, then I think you really should take it. If you're if you're wanting to win, then that's uh, the the deck that's the most likely to give you the highest chance of winning, and yeah, at least it gives you a chance to play that deck and, and say that you uh, so you can say you got to play that deck before it, it got banned or before the changes came through. Uh, yeah, and I, I think it would be pretty likely if you were to play that deck on the weekend at Ringwood, you'd probably be one of the only people actually playing that deck, which gives you a fair advantage against the rest of the field. So, Well, I need the advantage because my, be my play skill is certainly going to let me down. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll try and let the deck carry me. That's what I'm. Uh, that's what Uro's there for. Just, uh, <laughs> yep. Just keep me alive. Keep just keep covering up from my mistakes and getting me more life and giving me more more lands. Love it. Yep. Uh, if I if it wasn't for that deck, if I had to choose a deck that I could actually play like with card availability, I would yeah I'd I'd, I'd be interested to play the Is It Blitz deck just because that's sort of right up my alley. But I think I would actually probably play the Rakdos Death Shadow deck. Uh, I think yeah just having having access to you know main deck thought seizers and some removal and that sort of stuff is pretty good at the moment. Uh, as well as you you kind of have that combo finish with uh, a couple of team of battle rages with your death shadows and scourge of the skyclaves so i certainly do like my random little i win buttons in my deck and uh yeah that that deck sort of fits all the uh the things i'm trying to do so that's what i'd be doing chewy do you have if you weren't playing eldrazi tron what would be your pick uh i kind of like hammer time um, <laughs> yes, I, just, I I know why you like that because <laughs> every time you play it, you'll be singing away. Oh, like I'd be totally wearing baggy pants uh, to the <laughs> to the event. No, Chewie just gets to plate up something with a, a cranial. That's that's yeah yeah. yeah, well, yeah. It's, like it's, I have it's a pl- all over again. I've got a playset of foil cranial platings, foil ink moth, and blink moth nexi, uh, and no home Nexi-eye. for them at the moment. Yeah, well, the- <laughs> there we go. Plural of Nexus is Nexi. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but honestly, um, I I think I might be interested in playing Spirits um, as a, uh, you know, we didn't really talk about it too much, but, you know, that sort of tempo, aggro, disruptive um, deck that, you know, just kind of has, a, um, you know, a solid game against everything. I think that's a, yep. you know, it's a deck that I think would be fun. Uh, I think the latest deck's, like the latest lists are playing main deck idol on a rhetoric and and fairy time reveler to deal with the the valky decks but um uh, you know it's still mausoleum wanderer um supreme phantom drug captain uh and you know they got a a bit of a boost with a particular core spirit from the last set in skyclave apparition so yeah um i like this deck i've always liked this style of deck uh and it, it made me think of it when we said um merfolk and I was like, oh, this spirit's still a thing. And yeah, apparently it's still showing up. So Very good. I like it. All right. Well, I think that's going to do for our modern focus episode. So yeah, if you are playing this weekend in uh, in a modern event, then good luck. We hope you do well and good luck to you guys. I think so. It's you too. And I think your brother, Matt, is playing as well. Chris? Yeah, he'll be he'll be heading down. Not sure if he'll be on yep. Infect or Dredge or so- something yeah, degenerate. <laughs> and yeah hopefully you'll be able to be able to see yeah some of the familiar faces from uh, from the store and people in our discord and uh yeah say good day from all of the beans so good luck and yeah no doubt we'll talk about it on the next podcast when uh chewy and chris are facing off in the top eight <laughs> 
sounds uh, well, it's sounds cut good. to top four it's cut to co- top four oh, so top four okay yeah so i'll try to the, figure the out the final it. yeah see you in the finals chris yeah got it sounds uh, good shorty's not there so i'm not going to get paired against one of the beans in round one so we should be right yep yep sounds about right Cool. All right. Well, uh, yeah, as we said, uh, or we mentioned earlier in the cast, our Kaldheim League is kicking off pretty soon, 19th of Feb, so a week and a half from uh, from when this podcast comes out. So make sure you've signed up for that. There's still a bunch of people who've played in our previous leagues that have not signed up, including quite a few players who made our invitational. So they're uh, they're all being a little, little bit lazy, as people usually are. But don't forget, I will be reminding people, as I always do, get in there and, uh, yeah, get that... Uh, yeah, sign Get up. Get that registration done. Free, free league prizes. Like, come on, people. What are you? What are you doing? Get on it. Yep. All right. So, and uh, yeah, once you're in there, you will need to be in our Discord. If you don't want to play in our events, but you do want to be part of an awesome community, come and join us in our Discord. Uh, yeah, it's heaps, heaps of good things going on in there. There's always people chatting about different stuff. If you want to support us, you can buy some sweet Magic Beans gear from our merch store. Uh, just look in the show notes, find the link from that, get some hoodies and T-shirts and mugs and things like that. You can also uh, go and grab some awesome bargains from Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar with their daily auctions. So just jump on Facebook, search for Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar, you'll find them there. We are on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. Just search any of those places for Magic Beans Cast or Magic Beans Podcast and you'll find us on there. I'm on Twitter at Peace Inc. Chewy, you are? At Chewy MTG. And Chris? At Polly Waffle MTG. Very good. So thank you as always for listening. Stay safe out there and we will see you all next time. 